You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. And even the grain goes. To another episode of Can We Talk. This show has ruined this song for me. I know. <laughs> we got to switch it up. Let's every, switch. Every time it comes on in my iPod, I'm like, man, I'm tired of this song. Let's switch. We got to switch this up one day. Let's figure out what's the next song. I, intro said, song I said, Can We Talk by Tevin Campbell. Uh, that's true. That is true. Let's 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 look at that one. Anthony wasn't coming in. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little too slow for you. Yeah. Remember to like and share, guys. Please like and share. We're on uh, iTunes. I guess we're jamming out here. <laughs> <laughs> we're on iTunes under Can We Talk. We're at uh, under oh, what's the other one? On SoundCloud. SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, we're under Podcast Detroit. Um, on iTunes, we're we're by ourselves. Um, Facebook. We're unofficial. Can We Talk on Facebook? Yeah. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, the whole deal. But it's your boy Eric. I'm here with Shayna and Anthony. What y'all doing? How's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm relaxed, man. Yeah, it's um, a good day. I feel like it's a relaxed Sunday. Not that bad outside. I agree. Like the better the better the weather weather has been, the more happy I've been over the past couple of days. So I'm excited about that. It's been interesting. Um, interesting week, I guess. Yeah. With a lot of stuff going on uh, in, in politics and in government life. Government shut down. Government shut down. We had talked about that a little bit on the current events, but. It just seems like uh, oh, did y'all see the meet the the meteor? I think it was on Tuesday. Apparently, it was I a meteor strike. I heard it. You heard it? Like I heard a boom. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. Funniest thing, I was at my second job, and um, you know, we're supposed to be doing online chatting with customers. Yeah, but everybody's kind of like online, like. They say it fell down in Taylor. I hope no one died. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it fell down. Yeah, like these things happen all the time. It's but, so frequent. But the next day in the news, you hear that it was just pretty much like a loud bang with a huge light. And I'm like, okay, that's, that makes sense. But apparently it was louder than they usually are. Because I don't think they typically register on like the, the Richter scale, scale for up, uh, for earthquakes. But I think it was like a 2.2, two? I don't know, on the Richter scale. But that's that was definitely interesting, um interesting event that happened. But... This week in current events, we're dealing with the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. And as you know, this is going to affect a lot of people, especially government workers who are uh, also in the military, armed forces. They won't be paid <laughs> until we pass this budget. Um, so who do you think the blame falls on? A lot of people are saying the blame falls on the president himself. Other people are saying, oh, it's just the Democrats. They're the ones who sort of are filibustering the, the, uh, the process. But who do you think this blame belongs to this may sound indifferent but we've been here before man it's always right. democrats and republicans butting heads and I, I i truly believe a government shutdown is petty it is yes um i, I feel like um it's enough blame to go around as far you know as this is con- concerned mm. i we should get away from the two-party system I like agree. it's not i don't feel like it's working for us yeah i think it's a, it's an, an adequate system that's really it's outdated we need to figure out all right obviously we have more thoughts and opinions than just being a democrat republican we don't fall into two planes um so why not have multiple systems where people can actually figure out all right this this party best aligns with all my interests not just one thing like if a lot of republicans there they could be uh pro-life therefore they just qualify themselves as republicans but they could have other liberal values uh so why must we continue to do this two-party system? I don't know. That's just the structure of our government. But 
I think the shutdown is showing you again how how out of touch a lot of the politicians are. They don't realize that, you know, us as American people, I just want to see our, our government work together, get things done. Um, but unfortunately, it's not happening. So that's just been a whole issue that we've been facing. Um, on another note, I haven't heard any sexual assault or sexual harassment cases. Too short. Week. I told you. Too short. Too short. Too short. All right, y'all go first. Oh, wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> uh, he's being, he's currently being uh, sued for oh, sexual shit. battery from back in 2005. No, 2015. Oh. Dang, too short. What's my favorite word? <laughs> yeah. <Come on. laughs> y'all, y'all hear that? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that one. Okay. There. Uh, I was going to say, I told you about the Michael Douglas thing. He came out mm-hmm. uh, previously and now the story just dropped. Yep. I, so think he, he, I think he made the smart decision. He got ahead of it. You got to. That's that's PR 101. And some people are starting to come out about the Aziz's and everything saying, well, I don't think we should drag him. You know, like. That's an interesting and I, case. And I agree. I agree with you. That This is an interesting case. And I think that in an instance, I kind of would give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Cause, Go ahead, Shane. I know you yeah, got Yeah, I know you got <laughs> I, I I agree. I don't think um, that he should be, you know, drug, you know, through the mud. Like, from what I gather, you know, the young lady says she, you know, she gave, like, you know, kind of social cues. But how can you gather that from, like, your first time being intimate with someone? Like, I don't think you can learn someone's, like, social cues, like, just from one evening. I look at it from different ways. I say, you know, what what is a nonverbal cue? Is it is it like you know, um, kind of pushing away? Is it right. you know, um, don't mean to be too explicit, but closing your legs up a little bit? Like, what what is a nonverbal cue? And plus, you know, I looked at it as well. It's just, dang, it's just a bad one night stand. That's kind of why I looked at it in my mind. I said it was a bad, you know, one off mm-hmm. uh, romantic moment. Yeah, it's it's tough because nonverbal cues is difficult to read, especially in that situation. I'm sure he was like, oh, I mean, maybe she was feeling it, maybe not. But um, I think in any case, if there's any sense of, of someone being uncomfortable, I guess just not, just don't do it. Um, but it, it's it's hard in that situation. I don't know, like, their their exact circumstance that they're in. Um, so it's kind of hard for him to read, you know, into that. We need to use this new app that Nick Cannon made called Consent. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't hear about this. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know he made an agreement called consent. Mm. And re, I think it's spelled C-N-C-N-T or something like that. I think testing is is involved in there somehow. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like agreement. Like, okay, we agree to have sex. It's for the men. It benefits the men and the women. I see you on that one. I think we it's that I, kind of day and age, man. I think nowadays you have to have a, a contract before you do anything. Like, all right, sign this. It's a tightrope act. We agree. I, I, that's smart. Whatever Nick Cannon is doing is, is I think— He's on to something because at least you get everything clear. You 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 let make sure all parties on the same accord that they want to they want to consent to this, and then just go ahead and do your business. But that's that's definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all of the current events I have for the week. But let's move on to the hip hop corner over here. Excuse me. Uh, well, unfortunately, this week, um, Fredo Fredo oh, Santana yeah. passed, and it kind of brought up the. Where's he from? It's from Chicago. Chicago. No, I mean, like, what, 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 what's, what's the notable works? I mean, he, I guess, he was associated with like like Chief, Chief Keith. Keith. Yeah. Okay. He did He's some work with Drake. He did yeah. some work with Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Um. Uh. It like they. It's kind of bringing up again, like kind of like when Little Pump passed, like the the drug use culture mm-hmm. within hip hop, 
And Kirucci was like, kind of, you know, like, we need to get away from that. Yeah. And they pretty much were like, you know, ragging on her on Twitter. Like, you know, yeah. now it's not the time. But when is the time? You know what? I think that a lot of these younger rappers, and that's just young people in general, think you're invincible. They think they can just do whatever they want and they'll be fine. This incident, I think, is going to open up some eyes. Even the little Pump incident, I think, is opening eyes to see that, you know, this lifestyle is not going to end well. You know, you could drink this lean, you could take these uh, these ends, but ultimately, you're going to do more more harm than uh, to your body than you than you realize. Like he was 27 years old, yes. died of liver failure. Like that's that just shows you like what you're consuming, that energy that you're putting out there is is, is negative, and it's going to come back at some point to, to bite you. I agree with. This 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 um independent rapper I think his name is Joiner Lucas mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. made the song I'm not racist yeah. I've heard of, yeah I've heard a song he did with Tech Nine too that was pretty great but he said I don't condone this 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 drug use this this drug use thing in hip hop mm-hmm. it's like the bling bling era okay yeah it's nice to wear nice things right. but then again people get robbed for that you know what yeah. I mean I feel like hip hop always moves in circles whether it's controversial or benefiting to the community. It's a um, it's a tightrope act. I mean, but a lot of times it sells, though. You know, like this this image that they portray, you know, of, of drinking the lean, you know, taking the Xanax, smoking the weed, that sells records. So how can they sort of strip themselves, or what is it going to take for them to sort of continue to sell music, sell albums with that same message, but in their own personal life? When they look, look they'd be looked at sort of as, as hypocrites. You know, they're they're still selling this this music that talks about you know doing the drugs and whatnot. But never, then personally saying, oh, you know what? Let me not do it. Let I me. never thought I'd say this, but I missed the dance era. The lean the with lean, it, rock yeah. with it even, it, was, even the Laffy Taffy. Like, those were like, yeah. those were dance songs. It's true. You know, and, and, and yeah, they were corny, but it's like it's hip-hop, was, hip-hop wasn't looked at, at in a negative light too much. Right. There's still some type of pureness around that. Like, people were just having fun. Like, you're in the club, Walk dancing, out. having fun. Two-step, exactly. all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I see what you're saying, Eric, because I know 50 Cent, like he raps about, you know, drinking and smoking and Mm. he doesn't partake in that. And I remember reading an article back when, you know, Bottoms Up was a popular song and and Trey Songz was saying, yeah, I'm not drinking alcohol. Mm. I'm not partaking in alcohol right now. It's entertainment. Chronic 2001 It's entertainment. I mean, but it's just like the tobacco executive who's selling, you know, tobacco to the community. No one is going to cause cancer. But then they're like, oh, of course, my children aren't going to do it. You know, I'm not going to smoke. Cigarettes, of course not. Uh, so it's I just, I'll oh, go ahead. No, oh, no, I was just gonna say it's, it's just you know hypocritical. So we got to figure out either change your message or just get out of rap in general. Like if you if you don't want to do it, I got to brag for a minute. I sent uh, uh, Shane a text message. I got, <laughs> I got my autograph big crit vinyl of forever Uh-oh. somebody long time. You got a bi- uh, autograph? Uh, yeah, I, I pre-ordered it when it was available and it was uh, it was worth the money, man. Gold plated vinyl. How much you pay for it? I mean, if you don't mind. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but uh, just know that, you know, I this, this it's one of my favorite rappers and it was worth the investment. Man. Oh, question. What happened with the whole 50 Cent Ja Rule beef? What was going on with this? I don't know. Like, people, like, he, they say Ja Rule just woke up one day and was just, like, going off on. Talking about back in the day? or, or no, no, he no, was no. on, like, Ja Rule was on Twitter, like, maybe a couple of days ago, just yeah. going off on 50 Cent. Yeah, I was confused. I was like, is this 2002? Like, what's, what's going on? But the, I have no clue what happened. I ain't trying to follow that because I just feel like it's sort of manufactured beef. I don't know that's if there's about, any truth in that. But that's about as whack as me as Floyd Ray Floyd Mayweather and Ti beefing. It's like right. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, go sit down <laughs> somewhere. Yes. They had legitimate beef. 
But these guys are 40, <laughs> 45 years old. You know, they they too old to be doing this. Maybe. I guess. Was it legitimate? When it's your wife involved, it's legitimate in my opinion. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things where you got to be, just be the smarter person. Like, y'all, y'all adults now. You know, y'all got kids. You don't need to be on social media. You don't need to be, you know, talking about people behind their back. I don't Look, know. Man, if just... I was Ja Rule, I would be better about 50 Cent every day. Like, he pretty much, like. Well, I mean, we know what that is. That's about, you know, with uh, Hot 97 and all that, and his mm-hmm. relationship with them and getting his songs popping. That's what won the beef. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest here. Mm-hmm. Was it lyrics? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It wasn't lyrics. It wasn't skill because basically 50 Cent. Like his style of music is basically what he made fun of Ja Rule for, like the right. singing and mm. stuff like that. Right. I always thought this is a side note. I always thought Ja Rule, ja Rule was like a a knockoff Tupac. Like he always wanted to be Tupac. I say DMX. I thought, yeah, I thought DMX? he was a knockoff DMX. Okay. <laughs> even he the changed up a little bit after he heard that criticism. Even Ja Rule yeah. kind of made went into his own a little bit after that. That's true. All right, so yeah, two go, cents. Go for the two cents. Yeah. All right, follow me on Instagram at Reluctant Movie Buff, all one word. Um, I didn't really see any movies this weekend. I, I finally watched the final season of this show I love called Damages. Okay. It's a very underrated drama. It used to be on Netflix, Glenn Close and Rose Byrne, about this powerful lawyer and her protege and how they play mind games with each other. Um, it's a great show, man. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did y'all see anything? I saw Coco. How did you feel about Coco? I, I was crying at the end. I cried. I, I was I was sobbing like a baby. That was the first movie where, like, I went to. I went. I took my daughter okay, to see okay. it, and yeah. she cried. I'm, she cried. She's like, I'm not crying. I was, like, <laughs> don't worry. I was crying too. Don't, don't. Pixar knows how to deliver, though. They do. They. Could, I thought it was an excellent movie. They just know how to okay. touch on your the emotional side of, of things. Like, you talking about they they talk about death in a way where you know a, a five or six year old can understand. You yeah. know, and it, it also rang true with the dots. It's like, you know, you got to see. I don't know if you saw it yet, but no, I'm gonna check it it's out. It's awesome. I, 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 um, you know, I, I caught the good dinosaur way late, but I enjoyed yeah. that one as well. Yeah. What you see, Shayna? I haven't seen anything lately. No. I'm supposed to see Paddington too. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yet. What happened? They got a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I, I told her it talks about immigration. A lot of people like this oh. one. Yeah, I heard it's pretty good. What did What did our engineer see? Our engineer see anything? Um, so the only thing I really watched this week was a documentary on Bigfoot. Oh. If you like documentaries, there's a really weird one on Netflix. Okay. So What's it called? Something Bigfoot. <laughs> I, I've seen that around on my list. There's, there, it, it just got added and it's very strange. Like the guy's like really into it. It's, it's pretty wild. I watched that this morning. Okay. So did they find Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. I, I feel like there's so many documentaries about find searching for Bigfoot and they never find him. Like, okay, what's going the, on? They claim the the guy claims that like it, during the documentary that they have like footage and mm. you see it, but it's like every time someone has footage of Bigfoot, it's like the worst footage right, you've ever it's seen. Grainy. Like, right, right. So it's up for interpretation. You know what? Right. What is society's infatuation with like mythical creatures and animals and beasts? Well, I mean, just just myth in general. I mean, people love mystery. People love the unknown. Yeah. Like, there's another documentary on Netflix that's like a mini series called Warmwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've started it and it, it's good, but it's very damn slow. Mm. Like, you could have put all this in one movie, but I can understand the mystery behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This FBI agent, he took LSD and he committed suicide, and they're trying to figure out, 
No, no, no. He was a scientist, and the CIA gave him uh, LSD or something like that, and they're trying mm. to figure out if that CIA was behind it. Oh. It's the myth of it all that intrigues you. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I was never like a Bigfoot person or like a Loch Ness monster, you know, type yeah. of follower. But yo, low key, one of the saddest documentaries of all time, Dear Zachary. Dude, what was that about? If I tell you, I'll ruin it for you. You've seen it'll it. mess up your it'll mess up your whole week. So it's all right. So where can I find <laughs> in, this in a good show? way? Netflix. Dear, I'm, I'm looking Netflix. it up. I was Dear pregnant Zachary. when I saw it. Oh, man, <laughs> really felt it. I'm I was pregnant when this. I saw Dear Zachary out. It's about a father and son. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I, I do want to like, tell. I was crying the whole last 10 minutes. Like the whole, oh, like from like the last 10 minutes of it. Don't look up anything about it before oh, you watch oh, sorry. it. Sorry, let me, let me put yeah, it back you down. You just got to watch it. I was pulling it up right now. Oh, I did want to touch on something this week that I saw. Um, I think it was a Dateline. I think it was Dateline is on channel is on ABC. Correct. I think it was a Dateline episode about the um, the mother and father when the 13 kids, they sort of kept sheltered. And oh, cooking. yeah. That's a crazy story. Like, they pretty wow. much locked up their 13 kids in the house, didn't let them shower. They can only shower once a year. They ate um, once a day. They were living in their own filth. I saw a headline about this. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Um, so it was yeah, a couple they said, of us. like, the oldest one is 29. Yeah. But, like, they look like a teenager because they're so malnourished. That is scary that's creepy and they, they, they had like all the same haircuts all the boys had a little bob cut uh while the girls had like the long hair dang yeah so is, is this is this like a um i remember there's a show i used to love on hbo called um big love and is this is so what 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 religion was this family before i even continue um i think they were i think they were christian i don't okay i know for sure know. though they uh again they didn't really go out the uh, from the outside looking in, they look like a normal family. Like the parents, um, they had work regular jobs. They were out and about, um, but no one really saw the kids. So I didn't realize how many kids were there. You know who the kids were, but they know the kids live there. Um, they only went out a few times. They only go out, were able to go out a few times. You know during the the, the year, mm-hmm. um, and when they went out, they seemed kind of normal. Uh, but apparently, it's, it's either the sister, I think the sister. Where someone came in, they were doing like a observing the house, and I think they saw they took pictures of like the uh, just the filth, like the kids were were living in their own just feces, and it was it was disgusting. Um, oh. So I wish that on no one. That was a crazy. That's a crazy family. They're currently in, uh, I think they're in trial. They're going to trial right now, I believe. Dang. Um, but yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, I w- I want to say this before we move on to our topic. Shout out to Daylight NBC because. Like, I'm very hooked on To Catch a Predator. Mm-hmm. I've been watching old episodes on YouTube, man. <laughs> like, straight up, Chris Hansen's one of the greatest, man. Just When you see the pedophile walk into the decoy <laughs> house, he's like, have a seat. Like, so- <laughs> I want to talk to you for a second. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> there was one great scene where he tried to hug He tried to hug the decoy girl, yeah. and uh, she walked back, and then Chris Hansen came in like, what, no hug for me? <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my favorite show, too, though. <laughs> yes, I swear Chris Hansen was a, was a pedophile himself. I don't know if it's true. Allegedly. <laughs> no, allegedly. Don't say that. Don't say that, man. <laughs> no. Wait, one more thing before we get don't on the topic. Um, how do y'all feel about the Michigan State's involvement with the the Larry, Larry Nasser? Oh yeah, we situation. need to talk about that. And plus, um, you know, Richard Bannon is allowed to speak there now. Yeah, yeah. Richard Spencer. Richard, Richard Spencer. Spencer. Okay, Richard excuse Spencer. me. So, what are y'all thoughts Richard about Michigan? <laughs> What's thinking, the difference these Steve days? Ban- What's Steve the Bannon, difference Richard, these days? Same person. So, what is your 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 views of Michigan State's involvement in the whole situation? I, well, he tried before they blocked them, but it's a public university. You can't mm. block somebody from speaking if they want to speak there. Yeah. And they got sued too, so they got sued. Yeah, they got sued. 
I think there was just just their way of sort of you know. Because it wasn't like he tried. They he tried and then they didn't do anything. Yeah. He tried. They blocked them. You know they That's sued. True. And then, like, they tried again, so they, I guess they had to let them do it. Well, we have to take that up with the law then. That goes beyond MSU. Yeah. You're right. I mean, but they're going to be, I think he's going to be talking at the pavilion, and the pavilion is, like, far away from, you know, the actual main campus. So um, I think they tried to make it where it was as inconvenient as possible, inconvenient as possible for him. Um, so I doubt anyone's going to show up anyway. I, I strongly doubt that. Or maybe they will. I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Like, they're afraid to see who's going to, yeah, like, going to listen to him. We'll see. But my thing— Because if it's somebody that you know, somebody that you love, and they, like, listen to, Mm -hmm. you know, Richard Spencer, and they're a a big of a fan of enough to go see him, that would— that would fuck your world up. Right. If your roommate go, like, you, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, I'm uh, going to protest. <laughs> but secondly, I want to talk about the, the Larry Nasser and him uh, molesting 120-plus young ladies. Um, I think it's up to 100, almost 150. 100, oh, my God. Michigan State, they got the pre- they, they got to get rid of the president. Like, the president, Luana K. Simon, this happened under her watch. I think people tried to bring it to this, the attention of the administration there, and they didn't do anything. And so with that, I think they are complacent, complicit in that situation. And I think that they had to get rid of the, the, the president. You have to. Yeah, you can't keep your job after no. that, especially if there's like there's evidence that this has been brought to your attention and you still didn't do anything about it. Yeah, that's like the Joe Paterno. Uh, the Penn State situation. Yeah, yeah, Penn State situation. It was yeah. brought to your attention and you didn't really do anything. Yeah. So we're going to let it play out as it as it is. Um, but obviously, Larry Nash is going to jail for a long time. And I think that it's going to be a lot of uh, – it could be some financial implications for Michigan State because I'm sure people are going to sue. They're sure. going to sue the USA Gymnastics, Michigan State, um, and rightfully so. And so they're going to have to pay their due. But I was listening to way before, you know, the Nasser stuff came out. I was listening to a podcast and they had a news clip basically saying like the USA Gymnastics as far as when it comes to predators. It kind of mm. operates like the Catholic Church where mm. they'll take you out from where you are and then – you can go somewhere else. Oh, mm. yeah. That that's a, a whole topic we get into for another time. But that's just it. Just shows you like the the structure of some of these places. They could care less about the, the people, the the kids. It's all about the the perception. You know? And it's so vast. Like it's like it's so many like types of groups under you know USA mm. Gymnastics, like little gyms, right? With little kids, and then you know gyms with. You know, professional, like professional gymnastics. Oh, so. oh! So let's let's shift gears to our, our main topic. Um, let's do it. And I know we talked about this last week, a little bit about Oprah and her potential run for president, but I doubt it's going to happen. <laughs> but that got us into a bigger question of sort of Oprah's legacy. Every we grew up with Oprah. Oprah was a, a main figure of our lives. You know, during afternoons, you know, seeing her TV shows. You get a podcast topic. You get a podcast topic. <laughs> right. You get a podcast she topic. She was everywhere. She, on the color purple. She was on uh movies recently. She's doing the movie uh with uh shoot, what is it called? It's, it's coming up recently, I think next month. Um A Wrinkle in Time. A wrinkle in Time. She's gonna be in that movie as well. So she's a figure. She's a figurehead in our society. She's a a billionaire black woman who is definitely ahead of her time in many ways. Um but what is her legacy? And, and what's her effect? What is her effect? And I know she, if she runs for president, if and that's a big if, a lot of people were kind of liking it, but there are a lot of people who don't like it. 
Um, and so what are your thoughts about Oprah, her legacy and her effect of just who she is and potentially running for president? So it's just a lot. It's a lot to. I'm going to let Shana go first. A lot to talk about. It's a lot to digest. You want me to go first? I'll go. I don't like it. I feel like we should get away from the celebrities, like like the celebrity politician. Right. Like we see how this is working out. Oh, oh, oh. Before we go there, what's your opinion on her effect, her legacy? Uh, I feel like. As far as like how other people will, other people will view her, like she has a very positive legacy. Okay. How does Shane view it? <laughs> right. How, how does? From I, your perspective, I'm not a fan of Oprah. Why not? Right, let's I'm, get into what it. She, what she do to I, you? What well, she didn't do anything to me. Now this is coming from somebody who I grew up. I grew up loving Oprah. Like I came okay. into my own love of Oprah. Mm. Like. You know, back when you have VCRs (laughs) and people, you know, my mom would record Oprah show because they were still at work. I was still at school. I'm like, I'm watching it first. I want to (laughs) watch Oprah first. So I I loved her. I loved a lot of her topics. Mm. But like now that I'm older and then I go back, like you can go back and watch a lot of her shows on YouTube. I, I. I feel like she came up like she a lot of her success was because she was apolitical. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to go from apolitical to political now. Super Soul Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Mm. I can see that. You know, I, you know, I, I loved Oprah for her just growing up. I loved her for her charisma. I loved her for her talent, everything right. she did. You know, um, she was one of my favorite parts about the color purple. You know, I just I just I just admired her, man. Like I said, man, that's a that's a very successful person. And, you know, I saw the daytime talk show how, you know, she she had both white and black fans. But I think she had more white fans, to be honest. Mm. Uh, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I, I admired all that. And then, you know, sometimes when you're in the barbershops and you hear black men talk about Oprah, they're like, um, you know, not not that this, this is the end all be all, but that she's too independent. Mm. She might have taught some women, you know, you don't need a man. And, oh, you, yeah. and you you probably don't. But, you know, she might have taught him, like, you can do it all on your own and you can stay like that even with a man. It's a little dangerous. I mean, from the, the from the perspective of Oprah's, what she had to overcome, you know, as an individual, I think that that's sort of the epitome of, of what we call American dream. You know, you, you, you'd go through your struggles. Like, she dealt with challenges of, I believe, losing her child. Um, I believe she was raped as well. Yeah, by a family member. Yeah, it was a child conceived through rape. It was a child. Yeah, child child conceived through rape, lost a child. Um, She had multiple failures within her career, you know, before she got really big. And I think she didn't really get big until maybe in her thirties, probably late twenties, thirties. And despite all of that, she was able to sort of take her passion, take her her skills, and really run with it, Um, and to sort of cross boundaries in terms of audience uh, support and that was huge at the time you know seeing uh, a, a black face on on daytime television who can cross over into the white market cross over to, to various markets yeah this was a little bit before montel right yeah yeah it was before montel um i think she was at the same time as like uh sally jesse i think sally jesse Raphael. it might have been phil donahue yeah phil donahue so she was during that time where Again, you saw most of the people on daytime television were, you know, the older white people who were had similar shows. But she sort of broke through. And I think that that sort of is a testament to, you know, just her ability, her work ethic and things of that such. 
I want to touch on something Shana said earlier, not to mm-hmm. cut you off, yeah. uh, but just going from apolitical to political. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm a little optimistic about it, but I look at it as she went from the daytime talk show that had, you know, maybe mostly white, more white fans than black fans mm-hmm. to have her, an old, her own channel. And on her own channel, you know, almost everything is black. Right. Almost everything. It's like maybe I had to do this to get this. Her yeah. channel didn't start out that way. It didn't start out yeah. that way, but look the way look at the what what it is now. Yeah, because I think it's I think it's because like you you're kind of taking advantage of uh, like a, a barely tapped market. Mm. Because when she first started out that way, her 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 channel was a rainbow. She had Lisa Ling had a show. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who else, but it was basically I guess it I think her like her channel initially was to cater to her main audience. Mm. And it lost a lot of money that way. I can understand that. And like I said, maybe I'm being too optimistic. Right. But I think, I don't know. It, it's good to see a channel next to TV1 and BET where almost everything is black. It's good to see another channel like and that. And it's quality. Right. Like, yeah, the shows are on quality TV. Yeah, the shows right. are on our quality. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where in the beginning of her career, she had to learn how to play the game. Like, you just got to, you have to play the game at that point. Like, you're breaking into the market. You're a new face, you got to sort of not step on too many toes. But I think once she was able to get um, the, the sort of the, the recognition of success, she was like, all right, let me just, let me support, you know, who I, who I am, you know, let me support the people who are like me as well. Um, and I think that's where her, her, when she owned her own show, she had the, the magazine. I think that's sort of where she sort of showcased her commitment to sort of supporting the community. And I mean, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. I think she did a, a, a great job of sort of, Playing toeing the line at, at first, um, then at, once she got established, she did what she had to do. I look at it as two extremes, man. It's like you can look at it from comedy, like Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby. Mm. You can look at it from Oprah and Monique. Mm. And, you know, I know Monique, the whole controversy with her and Oprah, mm. that Oprah may have had a hand in blackballing her. But, you know, you could be like Monique and be uncompromising your blackness mm. while still, you know, while still having white fans or fans that are like other than black. Right. Or you could be like Oprah and, like you said, play the game. Right. But mm. like, can you play the game and not right. throw us under the bus? You probably can. Did she so. do that? Did Oprah do that? That's 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 complicated. I think in some ways we were thrown under the bus and in some ways we weren't. My problem with Oprah is my problem that I have with all black baby boomers mm. that have the bootstrap mentality. Yeah. Like you came in and you came up in a time where you were requested. Right. You got through the door and you closed it right behind you. <laughs> yeah. And then you want to tell me about what I need to do. Like times aren't different. Mm. I mean, you know, the generational thing is. But is she closing the door anymore, though? What do you mean? It seems like she's opening it up now. If you if you look at the Tyler Perry's and the Ava DuVernay's, Tyler Perry was successful before he came on own. Yes, but. Mm. Through own, he had more more content. Ava DuVernay, you know Selma. Yeah. Through own, we got Queen Sugar. Right. You know we got Wrinkle. Well, Wrinkle in Time was on her own, but we got Oprah and Wrinkle in Time. We got right. Lee Daniels, followed behind Oprah, who opened the door for him. Is she closing the door anymore? I'm no. I mean, not in that regard. But, eh, like, is she opening the door for another Oprah? think Tyler Perry's the new Oprah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. In all seriousness, I mean, there can only there can only be one king. 
I ain't she opening the door for another like I'm saying uh, like is she opening up the door for another Oprah? Well, in oh. what in what aspect? Like, what what are we looking for in the new Oprah? Can we hear, I can't hear anything. All right, Eric has a uh, mic mic problems, but hello, hello. We're back. Check, 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 check. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear you? I can't hear through these headphones. Apologize for that, people. I can hear you. Okay. All right, while he's fixing that, we'll just break it down to me. A new Oprah. What do you what do you like? Is she opening up the door for a new like a, a new talk show host? Is she uh, I think the talk show I think talk shows in general are are kind of failing at this point. Because of, what do you think? I, well, that's another topic, but I hear I hear what you're saying and I think in multiple ways, yes. I mean, like I like like if you look at this isn't really a talk show, like Ayala's show. Mm. I mean, I feel like that show is having the same effect on people how Oprah's episodes about, you know, true stories or with people who have like torrid families and all that had the effect mm. on their audience. I feel like she opened the door a little bit for Ayala. Well, again, because I think they worked together in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't Yeah, I think so. I think she is. And we got to understand that I'm sure early on in Oprah's career. She still didn't have the the leeway. She didn't have the, the the clout to really make those decisions like that. I mean, obviously she could have brought somebody in her wing, um, but I'm sure there's a lot a lot of it was based off of the networks who they wanted in. Um, and so once she got her own station, I think that's when she was able to you know really cultivate the other talent around her. Um, so I can't really I can't put without knowing the context of the situation, I can't say she closed the door behind her because it could have been just one of those things where at the time. The stations, they dictate who's coming in and who's not. Um, and that could have been what it was. And we like room in for a certain amount of black faces. That could have been the case. Um, I mean, this is, again, this is my opinion, but that could be the case. I mean, her record is squeaky clean. When you yeah. look at it, you you rarely see any controversy with her. And if you do, it is it you can't directly link it to her. That's the scary part. I think there's something hiding in her closet. Though. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so. I mean, there's there's um there's um controversy or mm. let's 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 take a little sideways turn did y'all see the new Chappelle specials mm-hmm. yes yep. did, y'all, did y'all see the bird revelation yes yeah yep. so y'all remember the iceberg slim story he told at the end yes mm-hmm. now do you think Chappelle was the pimp or the prostitute <coughs> he was a prostitute okay. right prostitute yeah. that's 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 what I'm starting to think yeah and I think you know some people try to say that maybe Oprah was one of the people that wasn't too fond of the Chappelle show and that there was some inner conspiracy to get it off the air. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's true at all, but it wouldn't be too far-fetched. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's controversy, but it's like, it, it's it's a, um, it's a long shot connecting it to her. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Because think about it. Chappelle's show, that was one of those moments where it was like, um, it wasn't throwing black people under the bus. Right. It was highly successful, and it was saying something. And it wasn't apolitical. Not at no. all. Not at all. That's true. Um, I did want to touch on something you said about you know how how men view Oprah. I think I definitely I kind of agree with you on that one. Um, I don't want to say that. Uh, I think there is some sense of Oprah is a little bit. Um, I don't know the term to put it, but for some reason, men and I think like you said, men view her as as sort of disrupt, disrupting the status quo within the household. Some men say she's a lesbian. Yeah, that's messed up. That's, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, not what, true. She got, Stead, she got yeah, Stedman I mean, over there. You know, she got Stedman as there. Right. Some people are like, well, why you never married Stedman? I'm like, that's her business. That's her business. You know what I mean? And I, I understand what you mean. It, it does disrupt the status quo a little bit. 
But then again, you are who you are. Right. But I mean, there, there shouldn't be this this fear, though. I think there's a, a unnecessary fear of like the female independence. Like for some reason, if, if a woman is independent, she can do her own thing, that that means the man is obsolete. And I think that that's sort of an old way of thinking. Um, and especially in the black community, we have some of those solidified thoughts that were just passed down, you know, that we just don't really, you know, try to try to change. Um, but again, I don't think personally I never had an issue with it because I think that it's, it's, it's great to have that that voice uh, that can speak for, for women and black women. Um, but a lot of men do. A lot do. And so it's like, what is that associated with? Is that just, you know, how we are? Is it a black black male thing? Is it an all men thing? Like, do all men, regardless of black or white, think that way? I'm gonna say it like it is, man. They they feel emasculated by her. Mm. I think I think certain black men feel intimidated by Oprah. This black man, this black woman that got it going on all by herself. Yeah, did, she don't on, need no man on her own. Yeah, you know yeah. that can seem to um to to a man in the right situation as emasculating. Whenever I talk to um a, a black man and he tells me his issue with Oprah, they they their argument or the argument that I've heard is their their uh portrayal like in her in her work and her associated works, like her show, oh. Oh. like her talk show or the shows even on own. Mm. Mm. I can see that. I mean, but that that goes into sort of a a male privilege like men we are we have the opportunity to sort of we we are the the voice in a lot of tv shows a lot of movies even as black men uh as opposed to black women so i think that in her in her platform she sort of shined a little bit of light on on other perspectives and i think you know anytime you sort of disrupt that obviously there's gonna be a little bit of of, of uh pushback but it, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It is the male voice that dominates a lot of TV. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when Handmaid's Tale dropped, you know, some men, if they tried to criticize the show, there would be some some fans that come at them saying, oh, your male privilege is showing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm just critiquing the show as a as a reviewer. It's not it has nothing to do with me being a male. Yeah. And, again, that, that's a little dangerous, but it's dangerous from our perspective, too, when we have shows like Entourage right. and, you know, uh, I haven't watched it, but Ballers, maybe. Yeah. You know, where it is the male privilege. It is the male gaze. When we mm. see the female gaze, things get twisted a little bit mm. to so, the man. And this kind of goes into the point why people – I don't think people want her to run for president. I think those are some of the same same uh, reasons. I think that you could take Donald Trump, who, again, he was a celebrity, started off – uh, well, he started off in real estate, but he's still a, a television celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. No experience as a politician, but people opened it. They were open. Arm, they were open uh, with their arms, like, "All right, yeah, you come in. You can, you can definitely run for president." But with Oprah, she's coming from a similar, similar situation. She's a billionaire, but people are like, "No, nah, don't, don't do it. We don't need any more celebrities as president." What Why? were you going to say earlier about what? Like- about how you said we shouldn't have the celebrities. Um, as politicians. Now, I'm not trying to justify anything or anyone that voted for Trump, <laughs> but I think <laughs> what they like it's like oh, there's something different. It's something for refreshing. He's not inside of Washington. Yeah. So, and now that we see <laughs> the damage, it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but but and the thing about Trump. Is you can go back and you can you can see his politics. Yeah. I can't go back and see Oprah's politics because she was mainly a political up until Barack Obama started running for president mm. and she endorsed him. I mean, but even Donald Trump's politics were more more Democratic leaning um, early on, so it's almost like you know you sort of see who he, who he's kind of favored moving up to this point. But then he 
runs as Republican, it's like it all switched. So I don't know if it was just one of those things. But where, he's also like a tough on crime, like a tough on crime guy, yeah. which is like largely like a Republican thing. But even though he was not a political, he still had again he was still a celebrity. He still had no experience in actual office. Mm-hmm. He said what he needed to say to get in. I, I truly yeah. believe that's what it is. And speaking about the apoliticalness, I remember famously during the O.J. Simpson verdict. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at that footage, you know, Oprah's looking at white people on one side being right. devastated and black people jumping up and cheering. Yeah. And she's just sitting there apolitical like, mm. Mm, well, what's our next <laughs> segment here? You but know? that's also journalism, though. She's a journalist and journalists have to take yeah. the, the, the middle ground. You can't be too We're excited. We're supposed to now. Yeah, yeah right. I, to, right. I don't know what happened now. nowadays. It's, it's a little different now, but. I want to know what Sarah thinks. What do you what do you think about Oprah? Um, I I like Oprah. I think she's a good person, but I I agree that I don't think we should have anyone from Hollywood in the White House. I we've tried that. It doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, Started with Reagan too. Right. Reagan was an yeah, actor. Reagan. Yeah. But he was also a governor though, so he he had, he had yeah, political he did. Yeah. 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 Sure, yeah. I mean, our, look no, at Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a, yeah, Schwarzenegger okay. too. He's not terrible. Right. Exactly. I mean, it shows you. It depends on the person. I think that, again, I don't think you have to be a politician. No, nothing in the Constitution says you have to be a politician to run for office. It's about representing the people, coming from the people to represent the people. And mm-hmm. essentially, why do we have to always look for people with that political background? I think that if anyone has great ideas, if anyone can sort of speak to um, – the people in the country in a way where they understand and they can sort of feel inspired. I think you have that power and that's what sort of Donald Trump had. Unfortunately, it was not in our collective views. We didn't, we didn't agree with that. Um, but he still sort of spoke to those people in that way. And I think that regardless of what your, your, your work history is, or career history is, I think you should be able to represent the people in, in any elected uh, office. Does anyone else not want to see the comedy central roast of Oprah Winfrey? I want to know what that would look like. Would she, would she even do it? I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't she would do it. <laughs> and I think people are too afraid to say anything about her. I'm like, yeah, you know. Well, okay, <laughs> moment of truth here, moment of truth. Do y'all think she's a good actress? Yeah, I yeah. do. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, She was good in The Color Purple. That's what I was about to say, but yeah. that's the go-to role, though. Like, if you yeah. look at something like The Butler... Or I didn't watch. The- I don't watch Greenleaf, but has anyone seen an episode of Greenleaf? I have seen mm. Greenleaf, and she's pretty good on Greenleaf. She is. Yes. Mm. I don't know she if I like her. She was in that movie about bees too. Oh yeah. She was a voice actress. And uh, the the one on HBO, The Secret Life of Henrietta. Blacks. I, was, yeah. I didn't. Want, I purposely avoided that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought <laughs> she was okay in the Butler, but I think her go-to role when everybody mentions like, okay, she can oh, act, is color purple. Yeah. Yeah, I never seen Beloved. Y'all seen Beloved? I, I Beloved. want to read the book. I mean, I think that there's not a lot of. Gr- I mean, there are some actors who aren't good actors out today. Um, I think that she's okay. She holds her own. Yeah, I mean, she did a great job at what she does. I mean, I'm not saying she's a Oscar worthy candidate, but she's okay. Okay, like so mainly like the the request for her presidency came after the Golden Globes and her speech. Mm. How you guys feel about her speech? You know what? I think her speech did a great job of hitting the, the tones, um, especially with what's going on with the uh, with the current movement. Um, 
being, I mean, for me though, I felt like anyone, anyone else could have made a speech similar to that, and, and people would have been up in arms. They've been, they've been excited as well. I think. I mean, I my, my, my my take is this: it was a great speech. Um, it's been said before, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Because it's Oprah, you know what I mean? It's like, oh right. yes, yes. You know, it depends on the person saying it. That's what I'm kind of alluding to. Yeah, I, it was a good speech, but it's like because of the person that said it, it got blew up into this, you know, great thing. Yeah, I mean, some people are just great speakers. They're they're great. Uh, was it orators? Um, and I think she's she's one of those. I mean, I wouldn't put her up with with the Barack Obama. <laughs> or Abraham Lincoln, but she can she can deliver a good speech, and I think it's the way you deliver it and sort of um, plants the audience in their emotions. I think that's what sort of and people wanted to hear that at the time because we're we're so used to hearing this divisive speech. I think she this was the first time in a long time we heard something that was sort of a unifying you know type of speech, and well, I think that people. Well, I don't it. think it's just <laughs> to compare the rape of a black woman in Jim Crow South to what's going on in Hollywood right now. Mm. Who did? Oh, that was in her speech. Yeah, Reese Taylor. Yeah, she looked. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what she did in her speech, and I don't think that that's right, because the rape of a black woman in the Jim Crow South was so much more yeah. than just the rape of that black woman. Because Reese Taylor was married mm. when she was raped, so that's what the rape. Like? That's the physical, mental assault on this woman and her husband. And it was about what, like six men too, something like yes. that. Yeah, crazy. And I, isn't she doing a documentary about her as well? So I think that, that's probably why she added that. But I think, yeah, it wasn't the right, you know, place to it. It's uh, not justified. And, and I might get dragged a little for saying this. But at the end of the day, is that not bringing something like that back to light? Maybe not is, Maybe not in the right audience. Maybe not in the right. A lot of people didn't know. Yeah, that's a story that a lot of people did not know about. And I think that talking about that, bringing it into light. Is going to make people aware, um, but I don't. I don't. They not. They're not one in the same. Not even mm. in a little bit. Like I, there's a great book called "At the Dark End of the Street." Mm. It's mm. basically about uh, the rape of black women in the Jim Crow South and how, you know, that kind of kicked off the civil rights movement. Before mm. Rosa Parks sat on the bus, she was a rape counselor. Who wrote it? Can't remember her name right now, off the top of my head. I read it like four or five years ago. Okay, but it's called "At the Dark End of the Street." A lot of this reminds me of of um, Bell Hooks and her feminist uh, theory, and how feminism also has various uh, levels, depending on race, depending on socioeconomic status, things that such. And I think that's so true. I think that at this day we're seeing it, and we're looking at the the, the sexual harassment, sexual assaults from the perspective of um, really the, the white women at this moment. Um, and not saying it's not justified because it's it's all egregious acts. They're all horrible acts. Um, but the perspective is sort of limited and just narrowed to a certain group of people. Because even that the pe- the person who started the the it's me or me too movement, she wasn't even getting the love. Like people didn't even really uh, associate that that hashtag with her. And so I think she did an interview. Um, it was on one of the morning talk shows where he sort of gave her a little bit of light. Um, but again, it's sort of it was it's. Now, I don't want to say it was hijacked, but I think we're not looking at it from all perspectives, like you were saying. Yeah, like it. There's levels to it. There's it level. There's levels to when I hear a the lot word, of stuff. When I hear the word feminism, though, in my mind, I believe women being equal to men. That's mm-hmm. what I believe feminism to be. It's right. not women being over men. It's women exactly. being equal to men. And that that and then I hear that there's like you said levels to this, and I'm saying, well, why not just take it at its base definition? 
Well, because you have to look at it from the lens of society. And society, obviously, um, historically, black people or, or people who are low, lower in, so, in socioeconomic status didn't have the same um, – they weren't perceived the same in society. And so you're looking at feminism as this blanket general equality for all people regardless of gender – but then you're still having to put in, take it from the lens of um, the social context of racism, uh, uh, being poor, being a minority. That still sort of makes it tiered. You know what? I hear where you're coming from with it because, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite actresses, Jennifer Lawrence, she wrote mm-hmm. that infamous essay on um, gender pay between male mm-hmm. actors and, um, and, and actresses. Right. And I remember Gabrielle Union came out um, recently and said, yeah, that was a great essay, but Jennifer for kind of kind of forgot about the wage gap between black actresses yep. and white oh. actresses, you know, white actresses and, and actresses that are minorities. Mm-hmm. And like I in, in, in that in that aspect, yeah, there are levels. There is right. there is there is that level to it. Even what Monique was saying, the comedian, she had this uh she I think she did post a video saying that Netflix was only going to offer $500,000 for a series. And she's like, "All right, you pay Dave Chappelle whatever like how how much I think he got 20 million per special 20 million Amy Schumer negotiated hers up to about a million 13 13 Davis in higher demand though yeah come on man Chappelle and Chris Rock yeah that's true but still Monique is saying all right how am I only worth five hundred thousand dollars and these other comedians are worth millions millions right no so I so I even even people people are bashing Monique about this but I agree with Monique I agree with Monique Monique she at least deserves to be close and pay with them. I mean, she's she has a history of putting out good stuff, and I think that she has an audience and a following. It may not be the biggest following. It may not be a Dave Chappelle following, but it's still worth more than $500,000. Her podcast with her husband is pretty great. Yeah, she's worth more than $500,000. That's kind of an insult, I would say. I, 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 I view that as an insult as well. Yeah. I'm not boycotting Netflix, just so you know, Monique. Sorry, but... <laughs> Oh, yeah. I do agree that she's she's well worth well over five hundred. Definitely yeah. more than half a meal. Yeah, seriously, I'd say that. And so that shows you the levels. It shows you that there's there's tiers of um, even within pay pay gaps, as you discussed. There's tiers: black women, black poor women, uh, white women, white poor women, white wealthier women. There's there's no equality that exists within that. So even in going back to Oprah, Oprah was sort of able to. Even at this time, we're still facing these issues. She's able to make a name and carve a name for herself. I do agree that she should have at least tried to bring on more people around her, but it's also a system that is, is slow to change, um, and she's just only one part, small part of that system. Um, so yeah, this this is it's it's big. It's a lot. It's not I do like like I critique Oprah, but I like yeah, like I'm not a I love Oprah. Mm. Like I I do like yeah. she's done a lot. You know, for the community, a lot of people don't know what she's done. Mm-hmm. You know, she's put, she's put men through college, to Morehouse. She built a school in Africa, didn't right. she? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> Wait. Go. Got. We we ain't got that much time. But no. What? I want I want to hear at least a little bit of it. I'm gonna read this quote. I became so frustrated with visiting inner city schools that I just stopped going. <laughs> The sense that you need to learn just isn't there, she said. If you ask kids what they need, they will say an iPod or some sneakers. In South Africa, they don't ask for money or toys. They ask for a uniform so they can go to school. Oh, yeah, that's a bad quote. Oh. You can I feel like you can do you can help you can build a school wherever you want, but if you like the main reason why you came up is because of products. Mm-hmm. Advertisers, 
Oprah's favorite things. I saw a show called the Oprah, book like Club. the book club. Right. I saw like a, a shows on C, uh, CNBC called the Oprah effect. Basically, mm. if your product, if your product was on her show, your sales went through the roof. Oh. So I just feel like somebody who you basically came up off products and selling products. Like, how could you say how could you say that? Yeah, that quote was a little concerning and kind of out of touch, too. Because, I mean, she has to be a little bit more aware of the, the systematic institutional barriers that, that created this. Like, this this isn't just, you know, a kid wants, um, you know, a, a materialistic item. It's the fact that kids are dealing with so many things, poverty, like crazy levels of poverty, um, institutional uh, systematic racism sort of locked them out of, of, of educating, of, of various opportunities in terms of education. Um and just because a kid wants an iPad doesn't mean that they're less deserving of an education. I, I mean, I get right? it because a lot of my friends that go to Africa, they are inspired to do work there. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. But I just feel like you can do that without throwing, you know, black yeah. American children under the bus. Like I said, controversy. But mm-hmm. was that a quote big enough to take her in, into into scrutiny? No. If not just um, for a little bit. I think people you know, raise their eyebrows at it, but I don't think it's going to be you know, something where people protest. No. Um, it's one of those things where, again, it shows her, it shows you her. Wh- where does she align? Like, what is, what is her ultimate? Again, we talk about this apolitical, but but where does where does she align? Because I mean, that sounds like something a Republican would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, so I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know. Here's my final thoughts on this thing. Um, I love Oprah. Even to this day, I still love her. I admire her. Um, one day I actually like to meet her and shake her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the controversy behind it. I see the, you know, there, there's not. Um, I cannot get my words together today. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not um, a complete great legacy, mm-hmm. but I still admire her. I still love her. But we still should have an open discussion on how we how we how, how we view these idols. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm hearing that The Rock wants to run for president, and there's some, no. there's some. Yeah. Hey, man, listen, there's some wrestling fans that probably voted for Trump will probably vote for The Rock too. Yeah. You know, and and I'm saying we have to we have to honestly ask ourselves how do we look at these people who are viewed as idols in our like some people call Oprah the the, the black Jesus. I'm like, come on, man, she's <laughs> just a, she's just a very famous rich black woman. Let's not yeah. let's not do that. I think we need to seriously yeah. consider how we view our idols. It reminds me of that movie. Was it Idiocracy? Yeah, Idiocracy. Yep. Essentially, people are just going to vote for you. It's a popularity contest at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think that this President Trump, well, Donald Trump being elected, sort of is going to open that floodgates of it no longer being about the substance. It's going to be about, oh, I remember you. You know, I can associate you with this this persona. Um, and that's dangerous. It's dangerous because we need leaders who are great communicators, first off. Um, people who have um, great policies, um, who care about everyone in the society and not just a, a group of their constituents or only a small group of people. Um, and so hopefully this next election sort of brings us someone like a Cory Booker, maybe. But we could talk about that. <laughs> she laughed laugh right off the bat. Or, or, or at least someone a little bit... Um, Again, who who we know can inspire the community, inspire generations, bring back that hope that we need, and sort of unify everyone. You might get like, the Will Smith, but you won't get the DMX. You won't get, <laughs> you won't get the DMX. What about you, Shannon? What's your last thoughts? Um, I like um like Anthony was saying, like I love Oprah. She has done many, many, many great things, mm. but 
nobody's above reproach. Mm. We need to um, be able to constructively critique our, I guess, deities. That's what people like they um, view Oprah as. Like she's not like you can't like I, you can't critique Oprah in yeah. a room full of black women. Yeah. Like I would have got jumped on. <laughs> today, well, nowadays you probably can. I don't know. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I like so. you said, it's the generation gap. You were about to touch on that, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, we are we the newer generation. We think differently. We we value opinions a little bit more. Um, we value uh, stepping out of the, the box. And I think with Oprah, I think she's not going to run ultimately. I don't think this is her lane. I think she knows where her lane is, and she's happy doing just living her life, and I don't blame her. Um, if she decides to run, I won't vote for her, but I wish her the best. <laughs> I think, as I said earlier, I think I'm going to go with someone with a little bit more experience. Not saying that she doesn't have experience of her own that can be beneficial. I just think I need someone who has some skin in the game. Anything you say can be debated. And be be uh, counter argue with the person we have in office now. I know, yeah. Stay in your lane, you know. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, he's here, so we gotta just deal with that. But right, um, this is a great discussion, and we it, it was really insightful. You know, especially talking about Oprah, who's not even running for president right now, but right, um, just the, talking about her legacy, debating her legacy and her efforts in in the community. Um, so I thank you all again. Like and share, uh, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, um. Like us on on Facebook, Unofficial Can We Talk? And this has been another great episode. Thank you. Thanks.